As 2019 ended, were you able to look back and say to yourself, I made significant growth this last year? If you were able to see growth, congratulations, well done. You probably had measurable goals that you regularly followed up on, problem solved, and put different actions into place to accomplish those goals. If you found it difficult to perceive growth in your life, then you likely failed to create a growth strategy for the previous year. Thankfully, now is a great time to do a reset and start building a growth strategy for 2020. Lately, I've been managing my own and growing my own stock portfolio. As, a, as I study about different strategies to increase my stocks and equities and investing, I can't help but think about other analogous strategies we should and could be applying in our own lives. In effect, we each need to become our own best growth stock. If you were a stock, would people invest in you? Thinking of, your, thinking of yourself as a stock might seem strange, but the analogy can expose some interesting concepts. Ask yourself the following questions. Am I a growth stock? Did I beat the market return of almost 30% last year? Or am I just average? Am I growing or losing in value? Would people invest in me? Or am I so volatile, as the market has been this last week, that nobody would invest in me? This growth stock concept is applicable in financial performance, but also in other non-financial areas of your life. Consider this. Have you achieved above average performance in the following areas of your life? Physical. Are you healthier this year than last year? Would you be healthier at the end of this year? Mental and learning. Have you increased your knowledge over the last year? Or are you going to this year? And will your mental health be better at the end of this year? If so, how? What's your growth strategy? Spiritual. Will you be more spiritually balanced at the end of this year? Has your spirituality grown over the last year? Work. Are you providing more value this year than last year? Relationships. Did the quality of your relationships improve year to year? Are you finding more quality time to spend with loved ones? Are you increasing the quality of the time you spend? These questions get at the heart of personal continuous improvement. Goals and the proper goal setting process are at the heart of becoming a personal growth stock. In episodes 3 and 29 of this podcast called Continuous Improvement for Life, I review a four-point system for setting and accomplishing goals. But even the best goal-setting system, sometimes we find ourselves not accomplishing our goals. Sometimes we get discouraged and give up on our goals. Or sometimes we just keep trying harder the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I'd like to share with you a problem-solving method for getting any goal unstuck and back in growth mode. A popular Lean Six Sigma problem-solving method is called DMAIC, D-M-A-I-C. Define, measure, analyze, improve, control. The key questions in each one of these areas are, define, what is the business problem or project goal? Measure, how can you measure current and future performance? Analyze, what are all the factors that could be affecting performance? Improve, which factor should we change for the greatest net improvement? And finally, control. How can we embed the change and ensure sustainability? To see how DMAIC works, let's walk through the framework in context of personal investing. Define, what is the business problem or project goal? In the case of personal investing, I wanted to uh, get a higher return on investment. Who doesn't? Specifically, I wanted to beat the market by at least 20 points. 
This was both my problem and my opportunity statement. Measure. What does the data say? What is my baseline performance? Last, last year, my investments achieved market average. Here are the uh, achievements of the various investment funds. The Dow was approximately 23% in 2019. The S&P, 30%. And NASDAQ, 37%. So it was a good year. Of note, over the last 20 years, the returns of the Dow was 7% and the S&P almost 6%. So last year was an incredible year for sure. Analyze. What are the root causes? One of the things that I looked at that I was why I was achieving roughly average market returns versus the goal of getting 20% better than market was that I had over 200 stocks and ETFs in my portfolio. So my stock picks were so diversified, I was destined to achieve market averages. Improve. What can I do to eliminate the root causes of my issue and prevent future problems and achieve my goals? My favorite way to approach this question is to ask, what are the very best doing that I can replicate or learn from? For these investment firms that achieved over 50% last year, what are they doing differently than I am? For example, over the last 16 years, David Gardner of Motley Fool has achieved a 621% return. What can I do more like Gardner to achieve similar results? Yes, that was a real number, 621% return on his investments. For me to achieve the goals and results I wanted to in personal investing, I had to apply the lessons from the very best advisors that I have come to trust. A key learning here is to become a researcher of your own performance. Be curious. Be an objective observer. Analyze your areas of improvement dispassionately as possible and put a plan in place to improve. If you can analyze objectively, then get an accountability partner or coach to help you. Control. How can I embed the changes to ensure sustainability? Now that I've successfully identified market-beating advisors and their strategies, I've started reviewing their recommendations every Saturday in preparation to make appropriate investment changes for Monday. To beat the market by 20%, I started focusing on technology and biotechnology sectors. They have been high growth areas of the market. Also, I started focusing on companies, and these two strategies were key, that are experiencing double-digit revenue growth, sales growth, and also, secondly, whose stock volumes have just started increasing and growing exponentially. As I started focusing on these strategies, so far in the last six months, I have a significantly higher return on investment than the general market. I'm not trying to become a professional trader by any means or stretch, but trying to prove a point. With the right mindset, tool set and skill set, in this case a problem-solving skill set, you can achieve any goal in your life. I encourage you to apply the DMAIC process in any area of your life. As I mentioned, you can use DMAIC for spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, work, or relationship goals that you have. You can problem-solve using DMAIC or any other simple problem-solving formula with yourself or use a trusted accountability partner or coach. At work, if you were 20% off target, you'd gather the team, look at the data, problem solve, and implement new actions to improve. Why don't we do the same thing with our personal development? Just ask, which area do I want to work on first? Pick the area and run through the DMAIC problem solving process. Review your solutions during your weekly planning process, and you will achieve outstanding improvements and results in your life. So I was at lunch the other day with my son, Brett, and I was telling him the idea for this podcast around becoming a personal continuous improvement growth stock. 
And Brett is the president of a giftware business called Candle Warmers in Draper, Utah. And Brett shared with me the story of Nate Goodfellow on his sales team. And I learned that Nate has a great story of becoming a personal growth stock through learning, researching, and continuous improvement. So I invited Nate to the podcast today to share a story. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today and where are you today? Hey, Rick. I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite. And uh, I'm actually in Draper right now, Draper, Utah. Draper, yeah, beautiful Draper, Utah. So, Nate, give us the background to your story and, and a little bit about what your motivation was for change. Sure. So, my, my part in this was actually trying to become better with my physical health. Okay. So, so a little bit of a backstory on, on, I guess, where I came from and how I got to where I, where I am today. So I was, I was thin growing up. Um, I was active, active growing up, never had to worry about my weight. Okay. And over time and in, in getting to my adulthood, just little by little, um, I started gaining a little bit of weight and I didn't really think it was a problem. And finally, I had a close friend of mine and a, and a good coworker. Um, he actually kind of called me out one day. So we were, we were actually on a business trip together. And, and it was after a long day of work, and we're headed up to the hotel room, and, and I uh, stopped in, in the lobby, a uh, little gift, set, gift store there, and uh, grabbed some Pringles and a Coke and, and was headed up to, to watch a movie. And, and my coworker of mine, who, who again, who I, uh, who I respect and looked up to, said, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to enjoy my snacks and go upstairs and, and watch a show and go to bed. And he said, no, you need to go with me to the, to the hotel gym, and we need to do a quick workout. And I, and I, and I, I pleasantly said, no, thank you. And, uh, was it really and pleasantly? That's when he stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, I, I told him no thanks, but his response wasn't very pleasant. Okay. <laughs> so he actually, yeah. So as soon as, as soon as I, I declined his invitation, he paused and he looked at me, he's like, Nate, I'm going to tell you the hard truth. And, and he didn't sugarcoat it. He said, he said, Hey, you're fat, you're unhealthy, oh, you're wow. overweight. You don't, you don't look good. And you need to make a change, not for, not for you, but for your family. And, and he's like, this is serious. Nate, you, you need to make a change now. And that struck a chord with me. Okay. And from that, from that moment forward, I realized, you know what? I do got to make a change. And, uh, I recognize I've been way too complacent with my physical health. I've been too complacent in, in really, uh, uh, several factors and areas in my life, but, but really, uh, really started with my, with my physical health and, and right then and there, I decided I wanted to make a change. And so, Nate, are you good friends with that uh, individual today? I am. Oh, he, he and I still talk frequently, and uh, we, we send each other updates on how we're doing in life. And uh, I no longer work with them, but uh, but still am really good friends with them. And, yeah, we continue to talk and bounce ideas off each other. And and, uh, and I thank him frequently for giving me the hard truth. Yeah, what what a what a great friend as it turns out to have the courage to do that. Okay, so what did you learn and how did you do it? First of all, how many pounds did you lose? Yeah, so when I started, I weighed 230 pounds. Okay. And uh, and I had a goal initially to get down 50 pounds, so I wanted to weigh 180 pounds. Okay. That was that was my prim- that was my primary goal was lose 50 pounds, and I knew that I had to. Uh, take a couple of steps to get there. I couldn't just magically lose 50 pounds without doing any of the work. So, um, so what I decided to do is actually, uh, the first step of my process was actually researching, um, okay. how, how to lose 50 pounds. Right. And, and if you were to Google search how to lose 50 pounds, you're going to get about 5,000 different articles telling you different ways to do things. That's right. Um, so, so, 
So what I did is I actually, the first thing I did was I talked to everybody I knew that lived a healthy lifestyle and I wanted, I wanted to duplicate what they did. Right. So, um, so what I did is, is the first person I actually talked to was my sister-in-law. She was, um, she was in the diet industry. She went, she studied health and nutrition in in school. Okay. And so first thing I did, was like, Hey, what do I got to do to lose 50 pounds? So she gave me a bunch of workout routines. She gave me a bunch of diet plans, which was great. And, and so to further my, my research there, I decided to watch YouTube videos. So I, I went and said how to lose 50 pounds and went to YouTube. I, um, listened to several different podcasts, uh, popular podcasts about dieting and weight loss and read a bunch of books. I bought the Tim hour, four hour body book. Oh yeah. Tim Ferriss. Um, yep. Yep. So I, I really tried to, to become an expert in, in my research field. And I wanted to try everything. And that, and that was just the diet aspect of it, right? Yep. So, so, so once I learned, okay, what, what, are, what are different ideas on dieting? So I, I literally tried them all, Rick. So I went, I tried keto for a while. Didn't like it. It wasn't for me. Okay. I tried intermittent fasting. Didn't mm-hmm. like it. It wasn't for me. I tried carb loading on weekends. I didn't like it. That wasn't for me. And so what, what I really tried to do is I tried it. I tried all these different avenues and, and I had these ups and downs along the way um, and just figured out what eventually worked best for me. And so that was with my diet. And then also with, with working out. So I had a gym routine. I didn't know if I should be working out three days a week or five days a week, or if I should be doing hit cardio or steady state cardio, or, or should I be lifting heavy weights with a low amount of repetitions or light weights with high amount of repetitions? So I went and tried every single different, gym routine or exercise that I felt like was applicable to me. And, and I learned and I decided what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And the only way I was able to do that is by doing, putting in the work and doing the research to figure out what, what my body liked, what I enjoyed doing and what worked for me. Love it. Continuous improvement. Well done. Okay. What else did you learn? What else did you do? Yeah. So, um, once I figured out what I liked and what I did, I actually, um, wanted to help hold myself accountable. So mm-hmm. the first thing I want to do is was set goals, right? Everybody talks about goal setting and, and how that without goals, then it's hard to achieve. Right. Right. So I went in and set and set actually like very measurable goals. I wanted to be able to, um, if I just said, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Yeah, that's measurable. You can say, okay, you're going to lose 50 pounds, but how are you going to do it? So I had a primary goal of losing these 50 pounds. And then in addition to that, I had secondary goals with my diet and secondary goals with my exercising. Right so, on. for example, for my diet, for my diet goals, um, as I was doing a lot of research, I came across a quote that, that a fitness professional said, why on earth would anybody drink your calories? Yeah. And so that resonated with me. Yeah. Like, why, why am I drinking my calories? So the first thing I wanted to do was stop drinking calories. So quit the soda. Right. And and I remember the first day I quit soda, <laughs> I had the worst migraine headache I've had in my entire life, probably not exaggerating the worst headache I've had came home from work at five 30 and told my wife, I'm not feeling great. I can't keep my eyes open. I'm going to bed. So I had, I had withdrawals at first, right? Yep. So one of, one of those goals was I don't want to drink my calories anymore. And another goal was, uh, stop eating these processed foods. So it was too easy for me just to stop at McDonald's on my way into work and grab breakfast. That's easy. And, and I realized, Hey, if you're going to do this, you got to make some, some lifestyle changes. So no, no more McDonald's breakfast for me. So I decided to meal prep, which was another goal. And, and with my diet, I said, Hey, 
you really got to just cut out cut out the crap and and focus on what what is good for your body what what's going to fuel your body right food isn't made for pleasure which you can be but really few food is for fuel and right what does your body need to do to recover so so i set all these secondary goals um and and my dreaded monday morning weigh-in so every monday morning i'd weigh in and i'd have a measurable goal like i want to lose a pound a week for example okay and every monday morning i wanted to to go in and, and hold myself accountable and and my wife was very involved i told her all the time hey i want you to keep asking me ask me every day how i'm doing on my diet ask me how my gym workout went because the more people that knew about it and the more people that asked me about it i'd be i'd be accountable and i feel like yeah. i was failing if i told them oh i actually I actually did go to Wendy's for lunch today, or I did go to McDonald's for breakfast. Um, so, so the more people I told about it, and the more people that are checking in on me, actually helps fuel my my drive to continue this process. Oh, isn't that cool? Um, so, Nate, let me ask you this question. So, uh, 50 sure. pounds is amazing, and this is a great example of defining the problem and then researching it, uh, putting some measurable goals in place, and keep learning, learning, learning. So many people have a hard time with the sustainability of it or keeping the weight off. What what did you learn there? Well, oh, first of all, have you been able to? And what did you learn on how to do that? Yeah. So I have been able to keep off the weight. Okay. Um, and and so a lot of the sustainability and how I kept it off is really the new routine became the new normal for me. Mm-hmm. So um so it became it became a habit of mine. So it's it's almost hard for me not to go to the gym now. Um, I, I look forward to my gym time. It's my, it's my time where I'm able to be myself and just focus on me. Right. Um, so the, the new routine became the new normal for me. And, and honestly, a big part of it was once my primary goal was achieved, once I was able to hit the 180 pounds, yeah. I, I give myself new primary goals. Okay. So a couple of those would be like, okay, now I want to run a mile at under, under six minute mile. Right. So what do I got to do to train to, to hit that? And then I start researching on how to run faster and you start researching on, um, on, on different things. So, uh, so the, what I've been able to do is keep setting goals, keep setting these primary goals and having secondary goals to go along with it. And you can, and and I like to do short term secondary goals. So like, I want a goal that I'm going to do something in a month from now, and then I'll drive myself to, to reach that goal in a month and find out. Yeah. Just find out what you love about, the healthy lifestyle, find out what foods work for you, find out what gym routine works for you and embrace it and, yeah. and have it become part of your, your lifestyle. Wow. This is such a great example. And, and Nate, I'm talking on this podcast and Brett and I had this conversation, you and I have had it like in our, in our work life, if we were behind 10% on a goal, we'd get the data, we'd problem solve it and uh, we'd work on it and improve it. And, uh, and I'm trying to stress the same thing in our personal life. When we have a goal, that we uh, do the same instead of just trying harder or doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results or giving up and getting discouraged. Let's problem solve it. Let's research it. Let's keep working it and uh, being smart about it. And uh, this is a fantastic example of that. And I appreciate you sharing it today. So what advice would you have for others that want to make a transformational change in their life, whether it be weight loss or any other big goal, what advice would you have? Yeah, the, First and foremost, what I found most important for me is is do do the research, right? Yeah. So you you really have to identify what what are you trying to achieve, and and I wasn't an expert in diet or, or exercise by any stretch of of the word, but 
what I wanted to do is, is I wanted to teach myself what, what worked for me. So through trial and error and, and believe me, there's, there's peaks and there's valleys and, yes. and along the way there, there's going to be bumps in the road and you have to learn how to use those bumps as motivation. Right. So, so I guess my, my answer to that would be do your own research through trial and error, find, through trial and error, find out what works best for you. Um, I found out what works best for me and, and now it's just part of my life. And, and the other part of that is, is you, you have to set measurable goals. You can't yes. just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lose 50 pounds and hope next day you wake up and you're 50 pounds lighter. Like <laughs> that's not how it works no. and that's how it will never work. So you have to set measurable goals. I love the primary goal. I, and I even wrote in my, in my bathroom where I wait in every morning yeah. big, on, on my mirror, lose 50 pounds. Right. And then I kept a, a detailed every, every single week I'd weigh in and I'd measure myself and I'd say, okay, you weigh 222 pounds a day. Now you weigh 219, you weigh 218. And my first goal was to get under 200 pounds. So that was part of it. So, okay, hit that one goal, celebrated with it. Right. And then on to the next goal. So setting measurable goals, always, always increasing them a little bit over time, making them a little bit more tough as you continue to achieve each of these secondary goals. And then you will eventually hit that primary goal, but you can't just walk into it. You have to do the research. You have to analyze the problem and you have to really make it a lifestyle change. If you want to achieve some of these uh, goals you put in front of yourself. Nathan, well, well done. Well said. And you know, as, as we talked about, this can apply to anything, not just weight loss, but any goal that you have in your life, physical, spiritual, mental learning, health, financial, whatever it might be. So Really appreciate you joining the podcast. Your story is inspirational. Congratulations and, and well done on applying all these principles to for your own continuous improvement. Wow. Wasn't Nate's example an inspirational one and a good one in illustrating this key point? Don't just get discouraged. Don't give up on your goals. And don't just keep grinding and trying harder. Define the problem. Analyze the problem. Implement new measures. And then I love what he did. And this, by the way, his, uh, this has been three years now that he's kept off his 50 pounds. By the way, I asked him off air if he had uh, applied any of these principles of defining the problem, analyzing the problem, researching the problem, and implementing different ideas. And he's told me he has in his work life and his spiritual life. So well done, Nate. Uh, thanks for being an inspiration of uh, these type of ideas. So in conclusion, I hope you feel like you can achieve any improvement in your life. You just need the right mindset, tool set, and skill set to become a performance improvement junkie. And that's what these podcasts are about, both on the professional setting and personal setting. Hopefully you've learned some ideas. I really appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us. If you want to see more of these personal continuous improvement ideas, you can find uh, you can look up my blog, ciforlife.org. That's the letter C-I, the number four, life.org. And you can see a blog with a whole bunch of these ideas on personal continuous improvement. Again, thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me. Go ahead, be your own personal continuous improvement growth stock. Mm-hmm.